0: Engaging conversation on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Well, good evening, friends. We are here live. I'm pro life leader Frank Pavone, National Director of Priests for Life, and welcome to our Good Shepherd training seminar. For the month of January 2024, we are tonight talking about preparation for two very special events within the pro-life year. We have the March for Life coming up, and then we also have the Sanctity of Life Sunday. That is coming up on Sunday, January the 21st, the March for Life two days earlier, Friday, January 19th this year, and tonight to help us uh, talk about preparing for these, especially preparing our church congregations and uh, observing these uh, special days, we have uh, two of our priest associates. We have Father Dennis Wild, uh, Augustinian, uh, lives uh, in Pennsylvania, and uh, we also have from Texas, uh, serving outside of the Houston area, Father uh, uh, David Begany, both of you, welcome. Good to have you with us.
1: Good to be with you, Father. Good to be here,
0: uh, Well, we're going to have a great conversation here about these uh, these important observances. Uh,
2: uh, Father Dennis, would you uh, begin w- for us, though, by uh, leading us in prayer? Sure. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord God, we thank you for the gift of life, the gift of life without which we could not have any other rights. That rights begin in the womb. Lord, we forget this so often, but at the beginning of this new year, still fresh in our minds, we remember Mary. Mary, who was the one who gave us new life through Jesus. And so with that in mind, we look to her strength and our courage. We get all that we need through her and because through her son. So, Lord God, your son gave us so much. And this evening, we want to share what is so important in the preaching the Good Shepherd will preach about that which defends the least of his brethren, and that, of course, of the unborn, among many others, but certainly not with leaving them out of the picture. So, Lord, we ask you to imbue our hearts and minds with your spirit that we may be able to have a beautiful conversation and give to other priests and other ministers around the country that need, that necessary need to go forward and to pray. We ask this as we ask all things in Jesus, the author and the fulfillment of all life. Amen.
0: Amen. 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 Thank you very much, uh, Father. So um, both of you have been on many of our programs before. I'm sure our regular, uh, regular viewers uh, uh, know, uh, know you very well by now. And we were all just together here, of course, for our Christmas meeting and party. Uh, that was wonderful. We did a lot of taping, didn't we, here in the studio? Yes. And uh, that those programs and those spots and everything are going out now. Uh, across the uh, across the airwaves, so to, so and in a few days, uh, you, you, the uh, three of us will be together in uh, in Washington D.C. Uh, for the annual March for Life. Let's start by talking about that. We have quite a few plans uh, in the works here for the events that not we not only participate in but that we uh, that we run, and um, uh, we will be going down there. And the events actually begin on Thursday, uh, a week from today, with a major protest at Planned Parenthood. And uh, we'll have a number of pro-life leaders joining us together. And uh, a lot of times we have school uh, groups coming out there and praying in front of uh, Planned Parenthood right there in Washington, D.C., and so we'll have prayers, we'll have speeches, and that's going to be uh, for, a, for a period of two hours uh, outside there in front of that, uh, that sad place of death, that killing center. Now, most of those, of course, uh, that are uh, watching or that are in parishes and our brother clergy and so forth, are most are not going to be there physically. But maybe we can uh, take this opportunity to talk about uh, joining in spirit. Uh, You may have prayer vigils at abortion facilities uh, in your own communities, uh, or may simply want to encourage people while we have this national demonstration in front of Planned Parenthood, uh, to join in prayer against the evil that Planned Parenthood uh, represents. Uh, now, both of you have been out uh, in front of these uh, places and led prayer vigils and so forth. Let's start by talking about this, um, the, the spiritual importance of coming out, being physically in front of these places. Uh, Father Dennis, let's uh, begin again um, uh, with you. Of course, you've been at... Uh, uh, traveling with us for a quarter of a century uh, all around uh, many venues around the country, around the world, in fact, and a lot of times that involves prayer vigils out in front of these places. But could you reflect uh, with us for a moment on um, the importance uh, for the church, the importance uh, spiritually for believers to go and pray physically in front of these killing centers like we'll
2: be doing in a few days? Well, there's a lot I can say, but what triggers off to mind uh, when you're mentioning this is uh, a situation where I was in, I forget, it was in Indianapolis, I think, at one of the abortion mills in the north side of Marion County. And we were there, and I was outside the the abortion mill, and uh, a woman outside, uh, one of our people that were working said, Father, you have to get in front of that window. They have to see you, not just a person, a priest, because they're inside, and that may be a possibility that will call them out. And indeed, somebody came out, actually, and didn't have the abortion. I can't attribute it to my presence there, I think. But there, the point that I'm making is in response to your your point. Uh, the spiritual dimension of this is so important because so many times a mother, and she is a mother, not just a woman because she's pregnant, right? So when she goes inside, maybe there's nobody else that has ever really tried to dissuade her charitably and kindly about it. It might be simply the textbook thing. She looks it up online and she finds what she needs to do. And she does the safe and very quick thing, she thinks, and goes in. And maybe the boyfriend just tags along and whatever. It's not a very positive thing. So she doesn't have that spirituality that is there. So when a priest is present, especially, um, I think it means a lot to them. I've seen that in many different places. Another place I went to is in Kentucky, and I remember going there and and gathering together. I didn't know the group I was visiting, of course, and so I didn't know them. But a a mother who was there said, you know, there's a person here that I never saw before. And we got talking and she said basically that her daughter is planning to have an abortion at that place. And she wanted to come down and pray with the other people on it and reach out. And so I said, let's get on the phone and talk with her, see if we can do that. Well, we did. And at first, she was very nonchalant. She says, yeah, I know. I probably later on will have some problems. They tell me that. But, you know, I I really, she was, you know, a little wavering, but she still was very much on the abortion side of things. So we talked some more about it. And uh, I just said, we got to pray about this because it didn't look like she was going to change. Well, six months later, I got a a message. I got a a piece of mail with a picture of the baby that she saved inside. So I. Again, I don't attribute everything to that moment, but those moments are keen moments, and we have to take advantage of what God gives us when he does give us those moments to to cherish. Uh, They can be challenging at times, but sometimes we just have to pop the question. We just have to ask, you know, or just have to be present. There are many other examples I could cite, but that that, that sense of presence, uh, lay people as well as clergy, in their midst and it's very good for the lay people as well when the clergy person is there because that gives them that strength and that their understanding that the church is very much and visibly with them
0: thank you and and father david you are uh, uh, we're serving in a parish right now in uh, is it is baytown texas right and uh, you have um, uh, obviously led prayer vigils outside of these facilities too but you also lead your people in prayer right there in the parish, even though they may not be uh, physically on a, on a, in front of an abortion mill. But tell us a little bit about how, as a priest in a parish, you lead the people in prayer uh, in regard to saving these children from abortion.
1: Right. Well, you know, a lot of parishes have pro-life committees. Uh, our parish doesn't at the current time. But that would be an, uh, an opportune way for a, a pastor or a parochial vicar if, if he, uh, you know, can do that. Uh, to really um, spend some time with the with that group if possible on on you know January 22nd or the day of the March, and um, you know maybe even to plan a little prayer service uh, in the parish. And you know, I think there's many people who uh, would be willing to participate, those who might not identify themselves as pro-life or maybe they they are folks who don't want to really get too involved with the parish, but if you explain it to them, you know, kind of from, from the human side, you know, what, what is happening without any condemnation of the the, mo- the mother or the father, and that you're really there to support them, then I think even they would come out and join. So I think it'd be a, a good act, good parish activity, uh, you know, to, to have something around the day of the March for Life, you know. Um, I, I think the weekend would probably be ideal, and it doesn't have to be long. It could be, you know, one hour, two hour, maybe more, and um, again, that way, as you said, Father, um, they could be spiritually united with those in Washington. They could offer up their prayers, their even their penances, their fasting, perhaps, the rosary. They offer that to God for um, a safe march. Uh, they can offer it for, um, uh, for for men and women who are, you know, maybe contemplating abortion, that they might change their mind. As I often tell my people at mass, you know, at mass where God is doing something for us, but we're also doing something for God. And he takes our efforts and then he applies the grace of the mass uh, to those whom he desires, including those for whom we pray. And so, you know, when you pray outside of an abortion clinic, God indeed is going to listen uh, to your prayers. And he, I think, would be very uh, uh, most... uh, generous in, in dispensing them to uh, those who are there. And of course, those who are contemplating abortion have to be willing to open their hearts to the truth. And if they can do that, then it's much easier to accept the grace of God and to come to a change of heart. But uh, certainly um, when priests are praying, especially outside of mills, there is a, a, you know a, a great rejection of abortion by those who have gone in. And, um and you know certainly I think la- the laymen and lay women who are praying have the same effect
0: you know uh there'll be a lot of uh, a lot of prayer activity there in Washington after the Planned Parenthood we're going to go pray for a while outside the White House and uh we'll be um helping to lead that prayer vigil too we're going to have uh signs there showing what uh an abortion is and of course that ties into the uh The uh, the necessity of parishes and believers everywhere to pray for those in uh, public office. Uh, Scripture commands us to do that, of course, and especially on this issue, that those who are in uh, positions of uh, lawmaking uh, or judges and and any other kind of public officials use their position to defend life rather than to take it. So that'll be a part of the activities in D.C., Then we'll have the indoor prayer service. I'm particularly excited about this every day of the March for Life itself. So on Friday the 19th, uh, we get to lead this prayer service. Uh, It's held in Constitution Hall. Those who are coming or those who want to uh, join in um, again in prayer and and see what we're going to do can go to nationalprayerservice.com. And this is an event both of you, of course, have been at in the past as well. It's interdenominational. We'll start with a Mass, of course. Um, but we're very excited about the honorees this year. And uh, one of them, of course, is Bishop Joseph Strickland. I was just uh, talking with him today. We did another uh, pre-taping of uh, some announcements uh, in regard to this prayer service and uh That's going to be pretty exciting. We're going to have Bishop Strickland. We're going to have Sister Dee Dee there, Sister Dee Dee Byrne. We're going to have uh, Mark Hauck, and uh, we're going to have Mark Lee Dixon. So, um, Father Dennis, you know Mark Houck, of course. In fact, uh, tell us a little bit about why it's important that we're honoring him. And you you even said Mass uh, in his home with his family. And remind our viewers of the uh, story that, he represents?
2: Well, I've known him for about 25 years uh, with the Kingsmen. He's a leader of that. It's a masculine group. It's men's group getting together, but spirituality and uh, in the the rough and all that, too, outside. But um, more recently, and I'd say recently, he's been doing this for a number of years. On every single Wednesday, he goes down from his home in Bucks County, which is about a 35-mile trek to, to Planned Parenthood in Center Philadelphia, and prays there. And there's a story there, I mean, uh, uh, that the FBI invaded his home because this was a terrible thing, had nothing to do with anything he did wrong. It was basically, it was an abortion situation, uh, somebody outside the mill, the Planned Parenthood, who was there guarding the, that place at times. And he uh, was really rather rude and uh, rough and to, to uh, Mark and his son, who he would take in every now and then as well. And uh, Mark said, lay off if you don't, uh, you know, I'm just warning you. And so he, he started uh, telling him just, just abuse. And so he um, he pushed the fellow and he fell down. He didn't hurt himself, but he fell. And he made a big deal about it. He sent it to the city court, and you know, uh, some sort of thing in, in the city court. They dismissed it right away. They said there was nothing there. Uh, then it was taken up, understand now, taken up by the, um, the, the, the uh, attorney general's office of in the United States, and he got to the FBI and went up from the ladder from there, and he was pushed into a point where he had to go to, uh, it was no no longer a misdemeanor or anything ladder like It was a federal case now, which had really no basis whatsoever. However, that's what they tried to push, as I think you're following this in other areas of the country with other people. They're doing the same thing, but um, that's what happened there, and uh, because of the great leadership of the Thomas More Center, uh, they were able to, um, created a beautiful case uh, against this whole thing, of course, as defendants. And he got off. So that's the long and short of it. But the man, I want to talk to him about his family man, because it's not just defending the unborn, Um, very strong family man. And the whole idea of family and life comes together in this whole thing. The devil is out to kill the family, not just to kill the babies. He wants to get rid of what God joined together, and he wants to kill that. And uh, of course, this is one of the ways to attack it is by attacking the unborn. So Mark makes a very strong uh, c- conjunction of those two things in his uh, in his own ministry. Very very powerful. Uh, he by the way is running for office in Bucks County, uh, right? Representative, and that's a very important thing. And we need to keep him in our prayers. A very solid man, very very good man, very, very charitable. Seven children, I believe, it's seven now. Um, yes, I did say mass there. I went up to his home, and it was a wonderful day, and he showed me exactly how the, how the uh, FBI came in and where they were and all the rest of it. Wow. He also announced that somebody else is going to be there the next day, and that was that Cardinal Müller from Germany. He had been at uh, Tepeyac at, uh, at Guadalupe in Mexico, and he heard about this, and he diverted his trip back to Germany. One of the reasons was to see Mark, and wow. so he was saying mass. I don't know if he said mass, but he visited there the next day that's the importance that he attached to this you
0: know that that it's very significant and i think some of our um, church officials uh, like cardinal Mueller, very serving in very uh, prominent positions in the church they see what's happening here i think the response is because they see that there is a persecution going on Uh, it's no exaggeration to say that mark's case represents a danger we are all in uh, and this would be, again, of significance as parishes uh, unite spiritually, as well as uh, if they can send people to um, to d c to this prayer service. But uh, uniting spiritually with this means realizing and teaching our people and preaching to our people that we are all together in this movement, which is a target. It's a target of those who are, are advocates of the culture of death, those in government who uh, really want to silence us. Uh, they want to intimidate us. They did this to Mark, not because they were simply targeting Mark, but because they were targeting us all. And, and that's where uh, we in the clergy especially have to be able to see the signs of the times and alert our people that the body of Christ is in fact under attack, And that those who promote abortion, they're not out to just uh, let everybody uh, live according to their own beliefs. They want to silence our beliefs, silence our message, intimidate us. And this is an important time of year for us to say to our people, be vocal about being pro-life. Do not let your voices be silenced. Be louder than ever and proud of it. So we'll have this prayer service. We will march for life through the streets of Washington. And then at the conclusion of the march, we will have, and Father David, I'd like you to comment on this, uh, we'll have our silent no more gathering in front of the steps of the, of the Supreme Court. And parishes, of course, can very, very easily take part in this, even if they're not there, by sharing the testimonies of our silent no more women and men. Uh, Father, tell us a little bit from your perspective, again, as a parish priest, of the importance of an event like this, giving highlight to the mercy of God and the word of testimony.
1: Well, I think you hit it there, uh, Father, uh, the word of testimony. So scripture says, and I know you said it, and I'm sure Father Dennis says that, you know, scripture says the word of God goes out. It does not come back void. It accomplishes uh, what it was sent for. And so what, what does that mean? Well, one thing it means is that when those who speak out uh for a truth about god or maybe speak out about their reconciliation with god that that has an effect it's it goes beyond you could say the natural effect it has a supernatural value so when uh, the silent no more campaign is when women and and even some men they have realized that they had an abortion and that it was very wrong maybe they didn't think so at the time maybe they did and then they went through a period of turmoil in their lives oftentimes and then finally like the prodigal son they came to their senses and said well let me ask forgiveness from god or maybe a family member said you ought to ask for forgiveness from god and when they do that they found that profound relief from the turmoil And so at the Silent No More Awareness campaign, women and, as I said, some men will publicly give their testimony. They will talk about what caused them to get an abortion. They will oftentimes talk about the self-destructiveness that they engaged in after their abortion. And then they will talk about their discovery that they could be forgiven by God, even if they've had many abortions. Oftentimes this is related uh, to entry into a church or reconciliation with a a faith tradition, especially our Christian and Catholic faith. And so they will let others know about how they too uh, can be forgiven, how they can be healed of their abortion. And no matter what any feminist says, I use the word feminist, that it does not hurt them. I think they are all being dishonest emotionally, intellectually. I think it hurts every woman. It certainly hurts the father. It hurts the rest of the family. And so by testimony, the word goes out, but it accomplishes indeed what God would wanted to accomplish, which is the awakening of consciences, the message of mercy that hey if you've had an abortion you can be forgiven and maybe the conversion of heart among someone who is calls himself pro-choice or pro-abortion that when they hear the testimony like when i did for the first time not that i was pro-choice or pro-abortion you cannot help but your heart to be moved move with compassion move even with sorrow at what someone has gone through at the hands of someone else or maybe through their own free decision. And so I think there can be much good accomplished. And so it's good, I think, for those who are coming to the march to spend some time there, you know, 15, 20, 30. And this might be good minutes. This might be a good thing for schools to, you know, both colleges and high schools and even grade schools maybe, to build it into their schedule, that they will go there. They can pray there if they want, or they can just You know be with those who are giving their testimony uh, to show their support and then to learn and it will help them form their consciences so that indeed they can continue to be witnesses for life back home and even tell others that they too can be forgiven they can be set free they can be healed and so that is one of the benefits of the Silent No More Awareness Campaign and the talks that we will hear outside the Supreme Court at the end of the march.
0: There will be many uh, tears shed uh, there in front of that court, and uh, people will be moved to tears by these testimonies, as they always are. And I always say, as I give the introductory remarks, and Bishop Strickland will be with us uh, giving some introductory remarks and prayers too before these these brave uh, women and men share their stories, I always say to the crowd, let's meet their courage with our courage. Let's take this moment when they are sharing these testimonies and let's commit that we will share their testimony. So for all our clergy who are watching or parish ministers who have uh, perhaps uh, a decision-making role in what goes into the bulletin, what goes onto the website, go to abortiontestimonies.com where you will see these uh, stories and use them quote from them in your preaching, Uh, lift uh, some of the paragraphs, put them into the bulletin, uh, spread on uh, the websites and the social media these stories. Uh, It warns people how damaging abortion is, it reassures people how merciful God is. Um, We um, uh, therefore want to uh, ask you to uh, pay attention to one more website that has the schedule of these and more activities, including the next day in San Francisco, the big Walk for Life West Coast, which is the second largest annual pro-life event. All of the activities taking place next week in these important days are on ProLifeMarch.org. And that's our webpage, and it'll show you the events we are doing and leading about which we're just briefly speaking now, ProLifeMarch.org. Um, before we talk about Sanctity of Life Sunday, could each of you just very briefly um, just speak directly to those that might be watching who are perhaps uh, considering going, maybe they haven't decided yet if they want to go to either the uh, March for Life or, or perhaps to the Walk for Life in San Francisco, and uh, fathers, could you each give a, a, a brief uh, uh, invitation uh, to people to uh, join us for these special pro-life events towards the end of next week. Father Dennis, let's start with you.
2: Sure. Uh, I've been going uh, most of the 50 years, maybe a couple of them I didn't go to. What is always so beautiful to see are the young people that are there. A lot of times we think the pro-life leaders are older people. But I work at a university and I see young people working here. But I see it in high schools. I see it around the country. And many times I've seen people in other schools that I've been to uh, out there in the March for Life. And it's so beautiful because it gives everybody the sense of hope that is there. The future of this is certainly for life. And uh, the sense of enthusiasm, the sense of prayerfulness, uh, the sense of just being free and open, and I mean that in the best of sense, uh, is a great thing that I find that the youth that are there. Many people, of course, who have been stalwarts and have come along a long way, uh, leaders of many different uh, groups that, that assemble there. And they're, of course, uh, mentioned that already that's going to be in that in that website that you can follow but that's my biggest thing that i come away with is the uh, not the amount of people the amount of people is huge but it's the enthusiasm and the sense of of life the sense of respect and uh, it's beautiful and it's one of the places that uh, gather a number of people in the thousands and thousands and thousands and you're very, they don't give much of a problem for the cleaner uppers the next day because everybody, everybody's very uh, careful about what they do and uh, very courteous and they respect the rights of others. But that's a secondary thing. But the most important thing I think you'll find is, is the enthusiasm and the strength that comes out of that.
0: We all come away encouraged. Father David, what would your encouragement be to those who may think
1: about coming? Yeah, well, I would encourage uh, anyone who's thinking about coming, um, you know. Uh, you know, as long as you're, you know, I, I was going to say, as long as you're 50% certain, but you could be less than that, I think it'd be a good experience. Uh, it might be something, you know, if, if your child has off from school for parents to, you know, bring the family down because it's very much a family-oriented affair. Uh, as Father Dennis said, there are many, many young people there. There are many families there, and it's it's really, a, it's like a pep rally, you know? But it's 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 very peaceful. It's it's almost like being with, you know, two hundred and fifty thousand of your best friends. You know, yes. I, I, I'm exaggerating, but it really is that. There's that type of fraternity there, you know. And I I can't recall people getting into arguments. And I'm sure the police are grateful we're there, and that, in the sense that they don't have to worry that much. You know, it's they don't have to worry about anybody getting into fights. And so it's um. It's a great occasion to get together with others who have, are like-minded. It may help you, uh, you know, maybe through networking to figure out, okay, how, how do I get more involved in the pro-life movement? Um, you know, you may have the opportunity to come down with a parish group, and that would enable you to get to know more people in your parish. Um, maybe if you're a pastor, give you the opportunity to young people, uh, you know, because they, they need that uh, example of a spiritual father to know, you know, how, how do I live the Christian life? And this is certainly a great event to go to because they're going to find many other young people, high school, college, and even younger, who are there for the same reason. And it's going going to strengthen them. And certainly, if the pastor, the parochial vicar, a permanent deacon is there, a seminarian is there, then they're going to say, well, you know, this is uh, something that is uh, very uh, important. And um, it's something that's going to be memorable to them. And it's going to help form them in their opinion about the pro-life movement and, and then you know maybe even as I said getting more involved. So I certainly would encourage uh all clergy and lay leaders, you know, to attend and you know even if you're a single person, maybe get a, a friend, you know, who's sympathetic and just go down, you know, take, get on a bus trip or, you know, join up with a parish trip or local pro life group trip and go. And just experience um the prayerfulness, the peacefulness And let that help motivate you then to become more involved in the pro-life movement. It's going to be a
0: great series of events. So once again, friends, ProLifeMarch.org, you'll see the full schedule of events there. Now, Sunday, the 21st, uh, is going to be Sanctity of Life Sunday. And uh, so we have a series of very powerful days, the 19th, the March for Life, the 20th, the Walk for Life West Coast. And then the 21st, churches around the country of all denominations on that Sunday closest to the anniversary of Roe v. Wade celebrate life, focus on life, preach on abortion. And we have a very special website that we want to remind all of you about. It's called ProLife.Church. So instead of .com or .org, there are websites that are .church and we have prolife.church on that website. Uh, and I'd like uh, uh, fathers for you to uh, comment on and encourage our people about some of these resources. We have got a really, I would dare say, uh, the most numerous and uh, best resources in the pro-life movement. First of all, for praying about abortion. Uh, We have a website called ProLifePrayers.com, and you'll see it prominently linked from ProLife.Church. And these are prayers uh, covering every aspect of the fight against abortion, every dimension of the pro-life movement, prayers for all situations. And you can certainly find, as as, uh, Father David was encouraging us earlier, you know, if you're not at the March for Life, to have a prayer service at your parish, maybe a pro-life holy hour, pro-life rosary service. And on these prayers, you'll find meditations on the rosary, stations of the cross, uh, prayers to the Holy Spirit, the Virgin Mary, prayers to Jesus in the Eucharist. It's an amazing, amazing variety of prayers, first of all. And then there's preaching resources. So you'll see a button that goes to our preaching website, prolifepreaching.com. And you'll have, for whatever scripture readings or 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 readings in the lectionary. Uh, You'll be able to find hints about how to develop pro-life themes out of those readings. So prayer, preaching, and then activities for the parish, mobilizing the people uh, for different kinds of action. There are ideas there that, of course, uh, uh, Pro-Life Sunday, the Sanctity of Life Sunday, is meant to be not just about what's done that day, but a launching point into activities that can go all year long. So my first uh, exhortation to you here about this is delve into that website. Spend some time there. Prolife.church. You will see so many different resources. So let's talk about uh, this from the point of view, uh, Father Dennis, starting with uh, the... um, the prayer and the, and the preaching, I mean, we have worked together for decades to encourage clergy to talk about abortion. And you and I have done, you know, we've done clergy seminars, we've talked one-on-one with priests about this. And it's, it's the most commonly asked question, isn't it? When people come to us and say, why don't our priests talk more about this issue? Share with us a bit about what uh, you've learned in the course of all this, this ministry might be the obstacles in the heart and mind of a, of a priest uh, on this issue and uh, what are our ways of encouraging them to break through those obstacles and to preach vigorously about pro-life.
2: Well, one thing I want to mention before I get into that is this book, which I have in front of me. I don't know if you can read that, Proclaiming yes. the Message of Life, which Brother Frank Frank Pavone put together some eight years ago. Uh, and that is wonderful because uh, another website is slash liturgy and that will give you uh, points to speak on uh, all year round, not just on pro-life Sunday, but all year round a minister or a Catholic priest can uh, whatever can speak on that and uh, it relates to the scriptures, but it pulls out certain aspects of it that can be related to. So that's an important thing. Uh, in addition to that, in that same book, there are some of the things that uh, he was just referring to. What are the things that come to the mind of the of the preacher when before they preach? What are the obstacles? What are the things that get in the way? And those are presented. There are some twenty or thirty little questions that may be uh, obstacles or things which maybe people want to raise, you know, before they would speak. And he answers those very very well in that book. So I would say um, that's online as well. We can get that. But the, uh, the liturgy uh, and formulating that, a bulletin, something can be put into the bulletin. And again, that's only a week away. Perhaps it's already created, but not uh, to take advantage of what's going on during the year as well. Each Sunday, there's something that can be put in there. From my experience, it's, a, it's been a it's been a wonderful opportunity for me to be able to, to, to kind of look around the country and, and see the barometer in a sense of the church. Um, the wonderful things that are going on, the lay people, not too many sometimes, many some other times, whatever the number is, doesn't matter. But people who are the leaders, the ones who really sense that we need to talk about this, they see it in their family, they see problems that are rising in other areas. And so my, my preaching on it is simply, um, you know, let's get back to the rights that are real, the rights of everybody, yes, include the rights of the baby, Let's get back to baby because it's been framed as something rights that people have. This is the kind of libertarian idea, but that's not what God wants. What God wants us to look at the responsibility. You know, in the military they talk about "I have your back," which means that they're responsible for the next person, it's their buddy that's in there, and the same thing is true even more so that we have the back of the child, in a sense, that back which the ch- child cannot even uh, it doesn't have a choice to live. It, it's it's always in our hands. So to get back to that, we ask two questions, is what we're talking about, is it a human being? Number two is, may I kill it? We know the answers to that, but sometimes we don't reflect on the depth of that and how we can respond to other people who bring up this idea of rights all the time. Rights can only be assured when we are responsible. The rights that we want to have for ourselves can only be assured when we're responsible to the rights of other people. And so that's the important question. And the third question I point there to not just the human and not just May Achilles, which of course the fifth commandment says we can't and we shouldn't because that's common sense. But do you know of any individual, do you know of any human being that is not a person? I bring that up because on the legal side of things, that person goes a long way. I just deflect a little bit here from 1857 when Dred Scott decision was created by the Supreme Court at that time, just a few years before the Civil War. We go way back now in history here, but very important decision, the second worst decision the United States Supreme Court probably ever made, and that was saying that Dred Scott, who was a black man, who went over to, from Illinois, a, a free state, fine, then he went over to Missouri, a slave state, and he had to go back to the plantation because he was not a person not a person or three-fifths of a person however they designated it so we look today and you say how horrible that is how could we ever have believed that kind of thing well look at it today it's the personhood of the unborn child that has got to be respected the humanity and the recognition of that human being as a person and that's about the baby and then of course i sometimes begin in the homily not just about the baby i talk about the mother who's out there in the congregation who has had an abortion and saying, you know, they never talk about this. Maybe they don't think I'm here. Well, they think I'm here, but they don't really, can't do anything about it and don't care about it. No, no to all of those things. We care about it, but we need to get that message out. And sometimes, yes, there are some things we feel it's always a political thing. No, it's not a political thing. It's a pastoral thing. Pastoral thing is something about the good shepherd. And that's what the series is about. The shepherd takes care of his sheep. And the sheep are tiny sometimes, too, and then have any protection other than the people who stand up for them. So that's what I would, uh, you know, the emphasis of, of the mercy that uh, Father Dave brought out very nicely before. Uh, afterwards, a m- mother who has had an abortion and looks back on this. Sometimes she feels that she goes introspectively into herself and cannot. You know feel that forgiveness uh, other times she doesn't even recognize it but so when we recognize it for what it is and not condemning anybody but giving them the opportunity to say god forgives you can you forgive yourself and that's important too so there are two sides of this and i think sometimes that's the better entry way into it when you have time uh, if it's a short thing then we get to the point of what what really takes place here and that is the killing of the unborn child but it's it's festive. all around the country. It's seen as a right. It has seen that mark by words. Roe v. Wade has been, you know, knocked out. Roe v. Wade knocked out. Sent it back to the people, not just to the states, but to the people to determine. That's all very well and good. However, it has left a mark on the on the con- conscience of this country in many ways. That it's okay that what is legal is moral, and that was not the case. It is not something that is legal, doesn't make it morally right. And we have to get back to that. And so this Sunday coming up, which is that um, the, the third Sunday of the year, uh, talks about Jonah. Okay. Jonah was one who said he was supposed to go to Nineveh as an interesting book of the Old Testament. And he, he kind of hedges on it. He doesn't want to do it. But he goes finally and he says, repent, because that's what he was told to do, to re- tell those people to repent. Now, that weren't even his own people. There were other people there another nation but he's supposed to do that he goes finally does it after all the other things that take place in his life he goes and they repented and they repented very quickly so there is that we need to cry out with the voice of repentance again at the acts of the apostles on pentecost when saint peter went out into the street after the holy spirit poured the fire on them that fire which consumed them in their hearts you know They went out on the streets to the people that were visiting from all over the Jewish world at that time, the Roman world, and they asked him, what do we need to do? And he didn't say go to mass. He didn't say get baptized. That's important. He said, repent. The first thing is a change of heart. So in this whole thing, we need to change hearts. It isn't changing politics. It isn't changing uh, designs and things. It's changing the hearts of people. That's a total order. And only god can really do that but we need to talk about it and we need to encourage people and to recognize that god with god anything is possible
0: yes thank you for that and uh father david uh, you know we've discussed over many years that you've been with us uh, how the pro-life message you think about a sanctity of life sunday really every sunday uh, is, is is by definition bringing in the sanctity of life because we're celebrating the resurrection of Christ. This is the victory of life. Human beings being raised up to the throne. And um, uh, d- 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 encourage our, our pastoral ministers, our, our parish ministers, our, our deacons, our priests, our bishops, with uh, you know your thoughts in terms of how the pro-life message is not something added on top of the faith right. or on top of the liturgy. In so many different ways, the, the Sanctity of Life Sunday is pointing to the fact that the pro-life message is already at the core of our faith. And really everything we believe, everything we say in the creed, and everything we celebrate in the liturgy is about God Almighty lifting up human life to his throne. It's just everywhere in our faith, isn't it? It's everywhere in our liturgy. It's everywhere in the word. And this should be the most enthusiastically embraced theme that any of our churches talk about on any day of the year. But give us your thoughts and encouragement then for this. Well, well sure, yeah. Father.
1: Uh, yeah, well, we recently celebrated the birth of our Lord December 25th. And so, yes you know, we know the incarnation is, you know, probably the most momentous event, most profound event in human history, where God became man without losing his divinity. And so God entered the world, not as a fully grown man, but he entered the world as a a newly conceived human being in the womb of his mother, Mary. And at that moment, the second person of the Trinity, the Word of God, the one who would be given the name Jesus, united Himself with that new, newly formed body at the moment of conception in the womb of His mother. And so, when He entered human history, His mission was to redeem everything about our lives. You know that is good, and even though He was sinless, you know He He told us that well, God can bring great good out of that. But um, you're right, though. So The fact that he decided to become a helpless infant uh, tells us, if we look at it and reflect on it a little bit, about the profound importance about the gift of human life. And, you know, this is, as we've often talked, this is what our country needs to get back to. We think, you know, we're going to be more human by our technology, our, you know, liberalization of different policies are but you know what's going to make us more human is respecting all human life especially when life first comes into existence you know the holy father today is being criticized because he is condemning surrogacy when a, a couple who cannot have a child pay someone and donate you know, the the means, the fertile egg or sperm, to conceive a child in the body of another woman. And so he's trying to tell us that, look at what you're doing is profoundly wrong because it is offending against what God intended, how he intended human life to come into existence. And so in the mass, we, in so many ways, preach about the word, the word made flesh to his Jesus. And, you know, the Old Testament tells us about him, or at least foreshadows him. The New Testament, of course, are the words of our Lord. And, you know, we say, you know, that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And so if we want to have life in abundance, we have to follow the word. At the Eucharist, we say the words of our Lord at the Last Supper. This is my body given up for you. This is the blood of the new and eternal covenant. So our Lord is sacrificing his life for each of us, for our own lives, for our eternal life, but also that we might have life in its fullness here on earth. And If he's offering his life for us, then it means we have to be willing to sacrifice for the most vulnerable you know most of us who are healthy you know relatively good income or not you know we are we can take you know we can help the unborn help their mothers and fathers to accept the gift of life that they've been given and because this is what our lord wants us to do because again he is the way the truth and the life and so we want to live our lives according to the truth the truth of the Mass is that, you know, God becomes present with us as we listen to his word, as we praise him. He becomes present as the bread and the wine become his flesh and blood. He's present as we ask for his mercy in the our Father, as we proclaim his Son as the Lamb of God, as we offer each other peace, as we receive his body and blood. And as we are sent forth, so the whole mass is a recognition of who our Lord is, calling on him, making him present through the Eucharist, receiving his, his body and blood. And so if we're receiving the body and blood of the Lord, it tells us that the body is very important, especially the most vulnerable, the innocent unborn child. And so we have to do the same. And it's important for everyone to get involved. Not everyone has to do the same thing. You know, those who are in school, high school, college, grade school, maybe all you can do is pray or maybe join a college pro-life group. But certainly all of us can do something. And that's what the Lord is calling us to do. And this way, he will transform our culture so that we won't get too caught up in technology, as good as that is. So we'll, we'll have, uh, we'll recognize the fundamental nature of society, which is to nurture life, to provide for its, what we call the common good for its flourishing, but then also to protect it and to help those who find themselves challenged in not wanting to accept the gift of life that they brought into existence. And so this is the great challenge that um, is before us. and the masses certainly gives us that spiritual nourishment and fortitude to, uh, to work in this area, whatever, you know, whatever field uh, of work, so to speak, that we're involved with, you know, we can take this message and uh, make it uh, available to those we work with if possible, and certainly work with other uh, pro-life groups to, uh, you know, promote the dignity of the uh, unborn child. Uh, in our society and throughout the world.
0: Well, thanks, Father David. You know, we're already at the top of the hour, and uh, I want to thank both of you for so many uh, prayers and and thoughts and reflections. And uh, maybe if we can get all three of us on the screen uh, equally here, uh, equals, there we go, Uh, two priests that have served Priests for Life for a long time, continue to serve us, Uh, Father Dennis Wilde uh, of the Augustinians and Father David Begany of the Josephites. Thank you both. And uh, we'll, we'll conclude in prayer here. But uh, with a final encouragement to all of you that are watching, let's observe these days with great intensity. We wanted to do this a full week before the March for Life and a full week before the Sanctity of Life Sunday to give all of us time to spread the word to others, to deepen our, our, our really our readiness to, to, to be renewed in our pro-life commitment and uh, so many resources that we're pointing you to. Again, ProLifeMarch.org, ProLife.Church, and all the many websites linked from there. Please, friends, use these resources, spread the word, and let's have more vigor than ever before in proclaiming the sanctity of life. So, may the three of us uh, pray now. And we invite all of you who are viewing to pray with us together now the words forever and ever, amen. Amen. And we pray to our heavenly mother, Hail Mary, full of grace, grace the Lord is with thee. Blessed blessed art thou thou among women, women. and blessed Blessed is the the fruit fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Jesus. Holy Holy Mary, mother Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the the hour of our our death, death. amen. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and and to the Holy Holy Spirit, Spirit, Spirit. as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever, amen. And Father Dennis, would you uh, extend uh, the blessing to us, please?
2: May the blessing of almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. May the Lord give you peace and may he justice in your heart. And may he bring you forth in a new life in this new year. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you, friends, for joining us for the Good Shepherd Seminar. Go to thegoodshepherdseminar.com for links to our previous seminars and information about our future ones. And uh, thank you especially to the clergy who are watching, our brother priests, deacons and uh, ministers of other denominations. We embrace you in the Lord and we ask his blessing on your ministry. Everybody stay connected. And uh, we will talk to you again in all of our broadcasts here on endabortion.tv. From all of us at Priests for Life, God bless you.
1: This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.